Hello everyone, may the 4th be with you, happy Star Wars Day, and welcome to the Sky Guy Show, home of the Star Killers. I'm your host, the Phantom Menace, Jeff Pomaccio, and you can follow me at Long Island 1892 on Twitter. You can follow the show at the Sky Guy Show, and you can follow the 4th Wall Pop Network, all on Twitter. Here on this special episode... We're going to be sharing some of our favorite aspects of the Star Wars universe and why it's so special to us. For me, the story of how Darth Vader was seduced to the dark side always was really a key selling point for me. I think in Star Wars, what George Lucas was able to establish was the tradition of fairy tale with the creativity of science fiction. As a result, you almost have this blending of genres that creates a new one in and of itself. And I know that the Disney acquisition is very controversial, but that's actually why I think the Disney acquisition works. Because similar to Tomorrowland, there is this sense of wonder. Not only is it, is it science fiction, but it's science fantasy. And I think that when you have that fantasy incorporated to the storytelling it makes it that much more of an in-depth story that it's more than just you know laser beams and you know laser swords fighting in space with aliens but it's this myth of the force it's this myth of the jedi being these peacekeepers these knights and you think back to other instances of Knights, and never mind the war references that George Lucas incorporated in the original trilogy as well as in the prequel trilogy, and we've seen in the sequel trilogy as well. So I think what is amazing about Star Wars, and clearly it's has such a cultural impact that there even is a day designated to celebrating Star Wars as Star Wars Day here on May 4th. I know that I'll definitely be checking out some form of Star Wars media later on today. And I think it's really exciting too because next week this time when the fourth episode of the Sky Guy show comes out, it will actually be a preview because I will be flying out to Orlando on Thursday for That's It, Galaxy's Edge and my bachelor party in Walt Disney World. So definitely excited and looking forward to that. I'm still hunting for the Ahsoka Tano Black Series Star Wars figure. This figure, for whatever reason, the one from The Mandalorian, a lot of people seem to be finding it, but I am just too late. And Entertainment Earth is now delaying it to October, as I mentioned before. There's no, you know, way for them to know when they're actually getting it in. I heard Dorkside has got it in. I'm not too sure, though, what's actually happening. And the thing is, it's just immensely frustrating because it's a new figure. You see how many people are raving about it. And, you know, it's a figure that clearly with the Ahsoka show 2 coming out on the horizon after Kenobi, that you wouldn't think it would be that hard to find. We see, you know, how many Lando figures there are. But even so, I found the new Mando and Grogu um, 
pack, the deluxe figure, the one that is covered in mud. And even going around hunting today, that seems to have dried up as well. So just interesting things to consider when thinking about the distribution of the Black Series. And still, I mean, even on Star Wars Day, you know, these main retailers seemingly aren't getting the product in. At the same time, though, what I think when it really comes to Star Wars and merchandising, it's really a waiting game. Because one thing that I did see today is a lot of pre-orders were announced. And while pre-orders are great, I mean, for me, I, I just, I'm impatient. And I think with Star Wars stuff, you know, there are so many collectors, there are so many scalpers, there are so many people who want Star Wars stuff that, I mean... It makes Hasbro worrisome. We saw what happened to the Power of the Force figures that now they're worthless because they made so many of them in the 90s with this anticipation that they were going to become as valuable, if not more valuable, than the original Star Wars figures in the late 70s and early 80s. Obviously, that is not the case. But these Black Series figures, it's almost the opposite. They're so scarce that they're becoming so rare. And it's not like they're impossible to find. You can find them online. Like if I really wanted that Ahsoka Tano and I wanted to pay more than retail, guess what? I can go on eBay right now and find one for $50 shipped. That's not what the problem is. But the problem is that for me, it's always like this is an item that you should be able to find at mass retail and you're not able to find it. Why are you not able to find it at retail? It just boggles my mind. I could find 500 Landos and I can find 500 of the carbonized Scarif, you know, beach trooper. But the figures that people actually want, the ones that are supposed to be out based on TV shows that came out, what, five months ago, five, six months ago. So it's already old, more or less at this point, you know, aren't coming out and yeah i understand the factories are still an issue but it's like come on you know it really is like come on and you really need to make you know a better effort and the way that entertainment earth conveyed it to me it really makes me hesitant in actuality to ever place an order with them again that being said as previously mentioned i am going to disney world next week and i am really excited just to see the star wars merchandise that they do have Obviously, as today is Star Wars Day, I would imagine that they would be getting a lot of Star Wars merchandise in. So I think it'd be really cool just to see anything that they have. As far as I know, there are exclusive Black Series uh, multi-pack figures and other things of that nature. Maybe we'll build a lightsaber. Maybe we'll build a droid. Again, there's going to be a more of an in-depth review coming next week. This is more just a special bonus episode for any new listeners who are just looking for a Star Wars show to listen here on Star Wars Day. This is the special bonus and hard launch for the Sky Guy show. We do have two previous episodes. In the first episode, I really shared my connection to Star Wars and why I'm actually a big fan of the sequel trilogy. And on the second episode that just came out last Thursday, I ranked every single Star Wars movie. And I think that if you really want to get a sense of why I love Star Wars, you'll go back and you'll listen to that. Because I give a great synopsis, really just about each film, but also where they rank for me and in my opinion. And that's the one thing with movies in general and for really any form of media is we could all form our own opinions and our own connections to that media. And that's what I love Star Wars is that you find people from all different fandoms really coming together to debate Star Wars. You find people who are 
war movies you have fantasy people you have science fiction people you have people just who just want to support george lucas who just want to support the movies and the creative filmmaking aspects of it that indie has at least what the first one was and now to see this you know really conglomerate that it's become and it's amazing to think about where star wars started and where it is now even something so simple as the fact that i have two star wars tattoos you know, and I think that when you think about the fact that Star Wars has resonated so much with so many people that they're willing to get a tattoo of Star Wars shows that not only is it science fiction, but it's breached that into not only pop culture, but culture in general. Even if you don't know Star Wars, even if you haven't seen any of the Star Wars movies, never mind all 11, you know who Darth Vader is. You know the name Luke Skywalker. You know Han Solo as we're doing this episode solo. And, you know, I was just kind of breaking down my favorite aspects of Star Wars in this short and sweet episode. It got me thinking, who is my favorite character of all time? And I know on that first episode, I broke down my favorite Sith, my favorite Jedi, my favorite non-Force user, and my favorite droid. So again, if you want to go back and listen to that, please do. But my favorite character is Kylo Ren. And this is why my favorite character is Kylo Ren. Because growing up, it was really hard for me to pick who is my favorite character. Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader, or Han Solo. I could not decide. I couldn't decide. I liked how cool Han Solo is. I loved the journey that Luke Skywalker, like many, I saw myself in that character. And Darth Vader is this ultimate badass bad guy. And not to mention the idea that you could take off his mask, at least in some of some action figures, was always just so cool to me. And knowing that that he is a person, because before that mask is like his face is revealed that and before Anakin is revealed in Return of the Jedi at least initially you don't know what's got going on under there I mean you don't know how badly scarred he was so it's just so cool and I remember they made a force unleashed figure and there were a few other ones and even the first black series Vader um, is one of the figures that I you know proudly have and I had never opened it even though the box is now all beaten up and it's not even the best Vader I have the Empire Strikes Back one that came out a few months ago. And I have a few of the other Vaders, the anniversary one. But that one, I know for a fact you can take the helmet off. And just like knowing that I have that, it just always just cements how cool it was. But in any case, getting back to who my favorite character is, it's Kylo Ren. And the reason why it's Kylo Ren is this. Kylo Ren... His whole homage, the whole basically arc that he goes on is wanting to, you know, honor Vader's legacy. And in not realizing it, he almost honors Anakin's legacy rather than Vader's by doing the opposite. At the end of Anakin's life, you see him turn to Vader and then right before become Anakin and you see the same thing in his grandson but not only that this is a character who was trained by Luke Skywalker the literally hope of the galaxy whether he had that moment of doubt it doesn't matter he was still trained by Luke Skywalker furthermore he's the son of Han Solo and Princess Leia 
So not only do you have so many of the main characters all revolved into one, you also have him going on his own path because it wasn't just though he was seduced by the dark side. Yes, he was seduced by the dark side, but his uncle, who's supposed to be this beacon of hope, turns on him and had a moment of doubt. And I think that that story is a really powerful story, never mind the fact that he's confused by his grandfather's legacy. And we see that through his connection to Ray, he is able to combat that past and is able to return as Ben Solo. And I just think that that story is a really powerful one that should be celebrated more in this Star Wars universe and among Star Wars fans. And I think Adam Driver did a tremendous service to the character. And that's one thing that I have to say too, this kind of tangent, but after watching Moon Knight, I really appreciate Oscar Isaac so much more now in the role of Poe Dameron because you're seeing his artistic range and now you see really how controlled that he was as Poe Dameron and the I loved the sequel trilogy because you see the archetypes that were established in the original trilogy redefined you saw that the smuggler wasn't necessarily not the rebel pilot. You saw that the lost person wasn't a prince. There was no princess who needed to be rescued. There was nothing like that. However, there is this sense of there's a disturbance in the force. There is this sense of there is no hope in the galaxy and there needs to be this new resistance to combat people who think that they're honoring a past that needs to not be remembered. Not remembered in the sense that it never needs to be repeated, not forgotten, but not enacted. And I think that especially looking back at the past few years and our kind of like experience that we've all kind of been going through, I feel that kind of resonates with a lot of people. And I think that you can apply this mentality and it rhymes in real life. And that's one of the beautiful things about Star Wars is how it rhymes with real life. And we're seeing that. Not only does it rhyme with itself though too, because... You know, even you can say so many about the real world events and how they have expressed themselves in Star Wars media, you know, and I think that that's what makes it so relevant, even though it's about knights and robots with, you know, laser swords and space soldiers and space stations and hyperspace and a long time ago in a galaxy far far away and you're like what the hell are you actually watching but what you're watching is you're watching a narrative and a commentary 
on the everyday lives that we live today and moments in our own histories hold through this lens of science fiction and this lens of a space opera. If I'm not mistaken, several people even claim to be a Jedi as their religious identity. And when you're in America and you have that freedom of religion, I guess you could do that. But does that mean they have Jedi mind tricks? I don't think so. But think of how powerful that is. I am really excited because the new Kenobi trailer dropped today. From the visuals to the dialogue, I really think that Disney and Lucasfilm understand the weight that this show and miniseries really has. And they want to make it special. I think that's seen with the cast. I really hope, and this seems to be one of the biggest rumors, that Cal Kestis is going to make an appearance on the show. And I think that will be awesome. I think that will be a way to not only canonize the video games, but it would be a way to also give the actor who played Cal Kestis an opportunity to bring that Jedi to, you know, really the Star Wars universe in a grander sense. And it just shows another way that the story is ever evolving. And I think that that is a really important thing about Star Wars and kind of a theme that we've touched on throughout this recording and this episode is just that Star Wars is ever evolving from Luke's story to Anakin's story to Rey's story. Each generation has their own character to believe in, to get behind. And that was what we're going to see continuing. And we see that it doesn't really matter the medium of Star Wars. It could be via the books. It could be via the comic books. It could be via the films, the animation, the video games. No matter what way this story is told, for some reason, when a story is told in a galaxy far, far away, with Jedi Knights and with the Empire and with Sith Lords and droids, it resonates with people. It resonates with people who are looking for a story about hope. It resonates with people who are looking for great tragedies or great comedies for these epic space operas that are happening before them. It resonates with high fantasy, with Star Wars, in the sense that it literally is a war in the sky for those who love science fiction, for those who love the high fantasy. You are able to get everything in one and you don't have to pick and choose there are aspects of it that's why i love the dagobah scene in empire strikes back with yoda because it's so out of the blue and the whole time you just think the jedi the only jedi you've really seen have been humans you've only really seen you know obi-wan and you've seen luke and then he goes to get trained by this little green alien and it completely blows up what the concept of a Jedi is that not only is a Jedi Knight a human, but a Jedi Knight can be anybody in the galaxy and that is expanded too. And I think that's what we see at the end of the Canto Bite scene in The Last Jedi with the child and the ring. And it shows the mark of the resistance and it shows them that they're believing in hope and they have that new sense of the galaxy that they can go on and achieve anything that they set their mind to and they have the will to do. In a lot of ways, that really is the essence of A New Hope. Whether you're the princess, whether you're the smuggler, whether you're the farm boy, it's about showing that there's more to you than the lot in life that you currently are to not judge a book by its cover. You might be a farm boy one day, but propel yourself into a galaxy 
that is much larger than you in this grand universe that you're a Jedi Knight and you are the universe and the galaxy and the whole system's one last new hope. And I think when you, you know, consider that while, yes, you know, Luke was able to use the Force and was able to take down the Death Star without the sacrifices of Rogue One, that wouldn't have happened. And without the efforts of the Clone Wars, the, you know, you know, you have so much ways and twists and turns that develop in this grand narrative of Star Wars that makes it so much more of a story that appeals to everybody and not just one kind of fan. And I think that's why you can revisit Star Wars from many ages throughout your life and find different things that you find appealing in different ways that you connect with it. For when you're little, it might be the lightsabers. For when you're older, it might be the philosophy of the Jewel of Fates. But yet you keep coming back to it and finding new ways to connect to Star Wars. And that is why I think that it has all commemorated and combined it itself and found its way in its pop culture and in our grand narrative of society into this holiday of May 4th. With that being said, happy Star Wars Day. May the 4th be with you. I'm your host, the Phantom Menace, Jeff Camacho. This has been the Sky Guy Show, home of the Star Killers. You can follow me on Twitter at Long Island 1892. You can follow the show at the Sky Guy Show. And you can follow the Fourth Wall Pop Network at Fourth Wall Pop. Thanks so much, everybody. May the Force be with you. Happy Star Wars Day. (laughs) 